The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. So I came to church today to encourage you, right? I came to church today to encourage you with the greatest encouragement of all, Jesus, right? His name is Jesus, and he's so encouraging. And um, as I was looking at the passage that I'm preaching from in Hebrews chapter 3, go ahead and turn over to Hebrews Hebrews chapter 3. I was like, man, that's a hard passage. And then I kept reading it and reading it. And I'm like, yeah, but this is from a pastor shepherd to his people. And he's trying to exhort them and encourage them to do what is right. And so uh, today I just, I just want you to see uh, in Hebrews 3 where the author of Hebrews is just encouraging us to follow Jesus He's encouraging, encouraging, encouraging us to follow Jesus. And I want to do that today. Be encouraged. Everyone needs encouragement, eh? Not just moms. Everyone needs to be encouraged. And everyone needs to be encouraged every day. I want you to know that. Everyone needs to be encouraged, and everyone needs to be encouraged every day. Let's read from uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, you who share in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house, has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, you might circle that in your Bible, today, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. On the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test, and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another. I have that boxed in my Bible. That's what he's doing. And as he's modeling it, he's saying, why don't you do it for one another? Do it for one another. Exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. There it is again, today, today that none of you may be hardened 
by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ. That phrase never gets old of speaking. I love to say that phrase. We've come to share in Christ. Dan, did you know that? We've come to share in Christ. We're partners with Him. We're partakers of His glory. It's crazy. So encouraging to me. If indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end, as it is said, today if you hear His voice, I think He keeps coming back to that for a reason. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? That's the key word, rebelled. Was it not those who left Egypt led by Moses? I mean, are we, are we clear on who this is that's rebelled? These are the people that came out of slavery, right? right? This, these are the ones that saw all the miracles? Yeah, yeah, okay, just so we're clear. And with whom... Was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned? That's the key word, sinned. Whose bodies fell in the wilderness. Sin sin brings death, does it not? It does. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? That's the promised land. And it's a picture of heaven for us. But to those who were disobedient, circle that, underline that, disobedient. That's the key word. Rebelled, sinned, disobedient. And he's trying to get their attention with an example of Israelites. So we see. So we see. Do you see? So we see. He says, we see. It's clear to me. I see it. Can you see it? That they were unable to enter because of unbelief. That they were unable to enter because of unbelief. So, came to church. Encouragement comes in a lot of different uh, shapes and sizes. I came to encourage, but I got to tell you something. Sometimes it comes positive. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Sometimes it comes negative. Example of Israel being unfaithful. Right? Sometimes, Sometimes it comes by way of warning, admonishment. Hey, hey, don't do that. I encourage you not to, right? Sometimes it comes by way of exhorting. Come on, let's do this. We can do it together. I want to encourage you with these three truths today. Today, today. I want you to let them sink in today. I don't want you to leave here today without thinking, considering Jesus, and really sewing up who he is. And what he means to your life. So here's the first truth. Verses 1-6. through We studied this last week. I have written in the uh, front of my journal now the five uh, things that I want to do daily. Remember what they were? True believers consider Jesus faithful. They count Jesus worthy. They serve Jesus faithfully. They confess Jesus openly. And they hope in Jesus confidently. I just wrote that in my journal so I wouldn't forget. I don't want to just be a hearer of the word, not a doer as well, so sometimes I need to hear it again and again, so I just wrote that there. Maybe you would write that somewhere and go back to it, but I I just, we read the passage already. I'm not going to say a ton more about that. We studied it last week, but here's the point. Jesus is faithful. Consider him. You want to be encouraged? You want to be encouraged today? 
Here you go. Here's the truth that will encourage you. Jesus is faithful. Consider him. Consider these things from the text. He's made us holy by his blood. The payment of our sin on the cross. He's made us holy. Set apart. Sanctified for him. He's invited us to live with him in heaven. It's a heavenly calling. He's like, come on up. Come on. You can be here with me forever. I've already done it. What an invitation. Forever. We just got done singing that. He was sent by God to reveal God's word, God's message to us. What's God's word and God's message to us? What is it? Fundamentalists are like, repent, right? What's God's message? What's God's word for us? What did Jesus reveal? Love, light. It's good stuff. It's good news. And Jesus came to reveal these things to us. He is interceding for us at the right hand of God the Father right now. Consider him. Jesus is faithful. He's not taking a Sunday off. He's not taking a day or a week off. He's like right at the right hand of God the Father going, they're mine, they're mine, they should be mine, they're going to make a decision, God, I know they're going to get it. They're mine, they're mine. Satan, you shut up. You be quiet. You get... He probably doesn't use the word shut up. You be quiet, Satan. <laughs> probably doesn't have to use words at all. He's like, you know. Think of the power at the right hand of God, Jesus interceding for you. He is building his church on earth. Can't we see that? We see it right here in our own little local body, right? That he's building us up in love. He's faithful over his people. He's a faithful shepherd. He leads us faithfully each day. And he's the very reason we boast in our hope. Jesus is the reason we have hope, and it's the reason we have confidence in that hope. It's the reason we boast in it. It's the reason we tell people out there who are like, you're a whack job, right? What's wrong with you? We tell them, man, you got to know Jesus. Jesus loves you. Consider him. Consider Jesus because he's coming back to take his own. Jesus is faithful. Consider him. We are his people if we hold fast. I'm anchored on that. That's everything to me, right? The second point from verses 7 through 11 and then the illustrations in verses 16 through 19 as well. Israel was unfaithful. Israel was unfaithful. Learn from them. They weren't unfaithful all the time. Right? And nor would we be. But as a totality, as a, as a generation, the generation he's speaking about, as he quotes Psalm 95, which, interesting enough, Psalm 95 and 96 are calls to worship. They're worship psalms. And that's what he's doing. He's calling us to worship. He's calling us to worship. He said, if you remember the context, we've been talking about it in case you're visiting with us today. Like, the context is, this is a pastor telling his Jewish believers, 
right? As it's kind of the heat's getting a little warm in the kitchen, he's going, don't turn back now. Stay with it. Don't go back to Judaism. Don't go back to check the, you know, box church. Don't go back to religiosity. Stay in this relationship with Jesus Christ. Stay in it. I know it's hard, but stay in it. He's encouraging them. He's exhorting them. He's not exhorting them uh, just with negative examples. This negative example of Israel is in a psalm call to worship psalm, right? Go read Psalm 95. It's in your pulpit curriculum, right? Go read Psalm 95 and 96 this week and just be called to worship again. But in even a call to worship, we have to recognize our own unfaithfulness, right? We have to kind of come to grips with how we may or may not be all that we need to be by God's grace. No condemnation in that. I think we all came here today lacking something. But Jesus is enough. The Holy Spirit will fill you, right? And free you from sin and and unfaithfulness. And so, um, just more about this real quick. Um, he's giving reference in, in the text here. He says, today if you hear his voice, that's uh, um, verse 7b here, and it's also verse 7b in Psalm 95. It's kind of interesting. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. That word rebellion, if you look in Psalm 95, is uh, Meribah. It's the place that Moses called uh, it's what Moses called the place, quarreling or rebellion. So in Psalm, it says Meribah, on the day of Mesa, testing in the wilderness. So the words are interchangeable. The name that he gave it is testing. You tested God. You rebelled against God. He, he gives it this name. It's from Exodus chapter 17. If you want to go read that this week, I, I give you all these scriptures because I want to encourage you to read God's word. I think that you'll understand more of the example. I, I don't want to pack the negative example, unpack the negative example for 40 minutes, right? I want to unpack it for five or 10 and move on, right? But I think it's good for you to go study these things. And then Numbers chapter 20 as well. He's referencing these things. Uh, the reference is to when Moses struck the rock, right? Why? Because the people were whining, Okay. Why'd you bring us out here? Why'd you do this? And wah, 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 wah. it's like, oh man. Moms, you have any whiny kids? All right, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, that's just kind of, you know, sometimes they get like kind of crabby, like they need a nap. All right, we all need a nap sometimes. We'll just admit it. <laughs> that's what's happening with them. But they'd done it over and over and over and over and over again in the face of some pretty cool stuff. Go over and turn back uh, to Numbers chapter uh, 14. Numbers chapter 14, turn, turn back to that quick. Just give you a quick view of it. This is kind of, he's referencing all of their rebellion, but this is kind of just the quick snapshot, right? I'd say this is the straw that broke the camel's back. That's kind of what we say, right? This, this is like the last straw. Okay, uh, verse one. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt! (laughs) Or would that we had died in this wilderness! Why is the Lord bringing us to this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and little ones will become prey. 
Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let's choose a leader and go back to Egypt. This is all because 12 spies were sent out and 10 were bad and two were good, right? You ever sang that song? 10 were bad and two were good? Yeah. 10 people came back, 10 tribes came back represented and they were like, oh, it's going to be hard. There's big people there and it's, we're like grasshoppers. And then two were like, God, they're big, God's bigger. They'll fall at God's hands. And, uh, and Moses and Aaron fell on their face before the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. Well, that's a good idea to do. Don't fight back. Just get on your face. And uh, that's why we're fasting and praying, right? Fasting and praying that God would do something special. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. These are the two good, good spies. They ripped their clothes. And they said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you desires of their heart. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Today, if you hear his voice, right? Do not harden your heart. That's the phrase. Do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of this land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them. Jericho's walls, flat. And the Lord is with us to do Do not fear them. So what do you think the people are going to do after they're exhorted, encouraged to be faithful? What do you think they're going to do? (laughs) Next verse. Then all the congregation said, stone them with stones. And this right here should have been an example to them. Look at the next verse. This right here should have been like, oh, God is with us or with those four anyway. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And over to verse uh, 20. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, because Moses had prayed for all the people. Truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. None of these men that have seen my glory and the signs that I did in Egypt, in the wilderness, and yet have put me to the test these ten times, Go ahead and go find those 10 times. They're all in the Bible. And have not obeyed my voice, shall see the land that I swore to give their fathers. And none of those who despise me shall see it. He goes on to say, but my servant Caleb. And then they turn out to the wilderness in verse 26. And the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron saying, How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel, which they grumble against me. Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. And then he goes on with what he's going to do. How he's going to take all of that generation, 20 and over, and kill them off in the wilderness. And how he's going to take all of those 20 years and younger and create a new nation that's going to go into the land. 
Not perfectly. They weren't perfect. They grumbled some too. You get the example? I don't really have to explain it, do I? It's just really clear right there. If you should hear God's voice, if God's speaking to you today about your unbelief, about your unfaithfulness, listen to what He's saying to you. Don't be like, if God does one more thing, I'll really believe Him this time. Right? That's what they were doing. God, one more miracle, and we got it this time. One more thing. If you just do this, throwing out another fleece, going to do it again. Here's the truth. A God who is continually tested is never going to be accepted. You're never going to accept God if you keep throwing down, well, if you do this, God, well, if you do this, God, well, if you do this, God. A God who is continually tested will never be accepted. It's a big deal. They had seen God move. They had seen God raise up Moses as a leader to stand and rival Pharaoh. They had seen the ten plagues, right? People die. Firstborn children of all Egypt die. They had seen themselves, millions of slaves now, set free, let go. They'd seen the parting of the Red Sea. That alone would be astounding. I, that, you don't forget something like that. They'd seen the fire by night and it warmed them and kept them warm enough in the night. They'd seen the cloud by day and it kept them cool in the desert where the heat was at, at daytime. They'd seen water come out of a rock And they'd see manna fall from heaven. You might say they'd seen it all. You might say we've seen it all. Right? What more is there to see than Jesus Christ crucified? Bloodshed. Risen again. Reigning on high. With you in mind. Thinking about you right now. Every single one of you. God was like, you haven't seen enough yet? <laughs> really? Come on! But when's God going to say that to us? When's God going to be like, really? I haven't shown you enough yet? Oh, you have little faith. Why don't you believe me? Why don't you trust me? I'm going to do it. You know I'm going to do it. I've done it before and I'll do it again. I want you to think about us, not the Israelites. All that we've seen, all that we've experienced, the love of God, the grace of God in your own life. Salvation. We've seen people come to know Christ in this service time and time again. That's the Holy Spirit work. That's God opening their eyes. And I'm praying that again today. We've seen baptisms. Hundreds of people baptized in five years for God's glory. That's God's work. Nobody makes anybody get in the tank. We're not baptizing babies. Like, I can't do it for them. 
This is their choice. They're doing it. They're saying, I'm all in. I want Christ. I'm going to live for Him. I want everybody to know it. We need to learn from them. We need to learn from Israel. We need to learn from their unbelief. And I want to encourage you to trust the Lord today. He's faithful. He's faithful. Put your faith in Jesus today. All right, this third thing. Back to Hebrews. Jesus is faithful. Consider him. Israel was unfaithful. Learn from them, right? There's a verse for that. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 and 12. I'll throw it up there. You go read 1 Corinthians 10 and be really encouraged. But here's a little snip, snippet. Now these things happened to them. This is Israel as an example. But they were written down for our instruction. They're written for us. On whom... The end of the age has come. You know, this is it. The church age is the it. And then Jesus will return. And then the end will come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. It's just a sober-minded statement, isn't it? Lest you think, man, I'm on it. I'm on the rock, Jesus. Just, just, just make sure today. You know, just like, okay, I'm on Jesus. I'm not on the church. I'm not on any... Uh, thing else. I'm not any works that I did. I'm on the blood of Christ. That's what I'm on. Okay, I'm just checking. Just making sure. Like him who, you know, thinks he stands, take heed lest he falls. All right? So, consider Jesus. Israel was unfaithful. Learn from them. And then this, this next encouragement. I have a choice. I absolutely have a choice. God created me in his own image, intellect, emotion, and will. He gave me a choice. It's the most loving thing God did. He gave me a choice. I get to choose. And he's given me all the answers. It's kind of like the pretest. And I'm coming to the test and I'm like, well, I know the right answer. What will I pick? Right? It's like, I, I get it, but what do I want to do? I still have a choice. Follow Jesus or fall away. I have a choice. Follow Jesus or fall away. Now, some of us want to kind of add another category, another choice. We like our options, so we want multiple choice, not just true or false, right? I mean, anybody like that? Come on now, don't leave your pastor up here. I'm kind of like, I kind of like C and D, please. Even though it's Almost always B, right? So it's like, just take them all, please. I'll, I want them all. But that's not a great thing. Because God's word gives us two, right? The word of God says there's two choices. Follow me or fall away. And we want to kind of add this thing called fake it, right? We're like, everybody thinks I'm in, so I'm in. Because if you think I'm in, then I'm really in. There's only one problem with that. We don't get to vote on whether or not you're in. So impressing us really doesn't matter, right? When it comes to that, Jesus is the authority, and he knows your heart, right? So just think about that. There's no, like, third category where I can fake it. Faking it is really truly falling away. That's what it is. 
just to be clear. He invites us, he invites us, right, to make the choice, but to choose the best, most loving, most encouraging thing. So how do I make the right choice? How do I pick wisely, right? How do I do that? What's in the text, verses 12 through 15. Take care, brothers. Now he's talking about the Jews, right? So it's not brothers or sisters. It's not like individuals. It's take care, uh, nation of Israel. Take care, Hebrews, Christians, right? Lest there be in any of you an evil, that's a pretty strong word, eh? Unbelieving heart. Leading you to fall away. Notice it leads you to fall away. It's not like you just fall off a cliff. (laughs) Isn't sin like that? It's kind of deceptive and it kind of trips you up. You'll see that in the next verse. But instead of that, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. It's tricky. Even Adam and Eve were led astray. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So, how do I make the right choice? I just three principles here. Here's the first one guard your heart. You got to guard your heart. Isn't it true? Uh, Jeremiah 17 9 says, The heart is desperately wicked, who can know it? Uh, I'm getting a glimpse of my own heart, and I, yes, I agree. But God really knows the heart. God searches the heart. God knows what's in you. God knows how wicked you could really be apart from Him. He does. You have to guard your heart. You say, from what? Go ahead, say, from what? From doubt. Do you see it there? From doubt. Unbelief. From unbelief. Satan, this world, will try to get you to doubt God. Isn't that the original sin? Did God really say? I'm not sure about that. Let's just, let's just bring that up again. Did God really say that? I'm not sure about that. Are you sure about that? Are you sure God's good? Start to question God. Start to doubt Him. Well, maybe that tree does taste good. Well, maybe that sin will satisfy. And that leads to this. Guard your heart not just from doubt, but guard it from deceit. It's a lie. Satan and the world are lying to you. They're telling you to place yourself on the throne. That's the best plan. Do what you want to do. Do what feels good to you. There's no authority. There's no real truth. It's all relative. It's all what you think. Truth by nature is intolerant. Two plus two is four. It's going to be four as long as I live, for sure, right? So we might try to change it, but I'm going to know that two plus two is four. I'm going to know that the Word of God is the truth. Maybe that's why the author says up here, therefore the Holy Spirit says, (laughs) therefore the Holy Spirit says, God's saying this, it's true. God doesn't lie, it's true. Sometimes we get tripped up, eh? Is it true? Have you been lied to by Satan? Maybe by the world? I mean, I'm not the only one, right? That was lied to this week. 
and fell into that temptation and was like, man, again? Like, really? Like, I've heard that same lie. And I knew where it was going. How do I end up here again? Heart is desperately wicked. That's how I ended up there again. I got overconfident, right? Or I, or I was trusting me instead of trusting the Spirit, trusting God, resting in the blood of Christ and saying, God, whatever you want today, you, you, only you can do it, right? From doubt, from deceit, and then from discouragement, which comes when we fall on our face because we listen to the world's plan to please ourselves, right? Doesn't discouragement come from that? If you're here, moms, if you're here, men, and you're discouraged, I just got to tell you, there's a remedy for that. His name is Jesus. He's like this. He has open arms. He's welcoming you back as we speak. He's saying, today, if you hear my voice, are you listening? He's calling with a heavenly calling. Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. I'm right here. I want to love you. I want to wipe the tears from your eyes. Don't be discouraged. Don't live in defeat. Come. You don't get better before you come. You come as you are. And he's the one that helps you. This last one, guard your heart from disobedience. You see it down in verse uh, 18. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who were disobedient? We've got to guard our heart from disobedience. I mean, him that knows to do good and does it not to him it is sin, right? It's like, I knew it. I knew I should have done that. I knew it was A, not B. I knew it. Ugh. Well, then it's the power of the second decision. Choose A now. Don't wait. Don't wallow in B. Let's go. Guard your heart from disobedience. Uh, I think Moses, who he's kind of relating here in this uh, chapter, is a good example of that. So here's Hebrews 11, 24 and 25. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. King James says, for a season. Because it just, they're fleeting. We all have been there, right? We've all experienced it. It's good for like five minutes and then you're like, why am I upside down in the ditch? Why do I need the jaws of life right now to rip me out of this car? And who gave me this Ferrari anyway and told me it was going to be awesome? It's Satan's lie. It's Satan's lie. The second thing. I have a choice, follow Jesus or fall away. How do I make that choice? How do I make the right choice? Here's the second thing. Give one another encouragement. I am firmly convinced that we as Christians don't encourage one another enough. We'll call each other out. Man, by nature, I am so critical. I have what we call a critical spirit. When we get done with this service, as every service, I will go back with Brent and I'll be like, why'd we do that? Why'd we do that? Why'd we do that? That stunk. We're never doing that again. I was in the ditch there. 
Why? Because this is all for God and we want to do our best, right? But at what point does that critical spirit cross a line and just become flat out discouraging, right? It was what it was. I sat down right after parent-child dedication, right? And I said to Kimberly, I was like, oh, sorry about that. I was kind of off. And uh, she's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, if you thought it was fine, maybe everybody else will. There was hope for like a second. Then I was like, no, they won't. She's my wife. She loves me. <laughs> but, but I mean, you're going to have that, right? You're going to have that where you're like, man, I got too many things going on. I'm not sure I got it all down. You're going to have that, right? So we encourage one another. I love the connect registers. Y'all fill out the connect registers? I brought a few to church today. Uh, I'm not going to read them, privacy issues, but uh, there's a few people I'm, I'm sure in this uh, service that have written some. Sarah, Sarah, your, your connect register this last week was so encouraging to me. I was so encouraged by it, what you were praying, what you were asking God. It was like, man, yes, yes. And then what a lot of times we do is we'll take notes and then we'll like write a note to the person. Hey, you know, be encouraged. Or sometimes it's like, hey, don't turn back now. You can do it. I know sin's tempting. I know you want to, whatever. You know, I know God is doing this or testing you or, or, or you know, allowing you to be tried. But you know what? Stay with it. More of that, eh? Now, y'all don't have these like nice, neat Harvest Bible Chapel cards. But you can write a note, right? All you need is a white piece of paper. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you're in a small group, I want to encourage you to write your small group leader a note. I know small group is where you probably get the most encouragement, and they're the ones leading that, right? They're leading the charge. And you know what? As much as being mom's a thankless job, being mom to a small group of 10 people is a pretty thankless job too, right? You're doing it. You're pouring it out every week. It's not easy. There's problems. There's victories too. So would you do that? Just take a second. Write them a note. You can hand deliver it. You don't have to mail it. It doesn't have to cost you anything. But it's going to encourage them like crazy. Do you get it? We need to encourage one another. We need to encourage one another. More and more as we see the day approaching. There's a verse for that. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11 just quick. Just a couple pages to your right. Before I get to this very last thing, let me read this over you. Hebrews chapter 10, excuse me. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and following. Let me read this over you. If you would have ears to hear, please. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. His flesh was broken, right? His body was broken. His blood was spilled. And since we have a great priest, that's Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean by the blood, right? Always sprinkling with blood. From an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I think that might be a reference to baptism. Let us hold fast 
the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is what? What does it say? No, no, no. Say it like he is. For he who promised is faithful, like every time faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together at church and house to house, as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. Jesus is coming back. It's coming closer every day. So the point is, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. Do you see it? Verse 15. Let's just close with this. Hebrews 3, 15. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. Verse 19. So we see, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. And then verse 14. For we have come to share in Christ. Here's the last thing that will help you with your decision. How do I make the right choice? Get the good news. you got to get the good news. you got to understand the good news. The gospel is good news. Today, today has an urgency with it. He said it three times, which makes it urgent enough. But the word today, 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 don't go away from today. Don't go away from this service. If there's any inkling in your heart, if there's any tug, don't turn away, right? You're like, what does that mean to harden my heart? Well, if you went outside today, Tammy's a dog lover, you'll love this. If you went outside today and Tammy uh, has two dogs, if she was out there with you and her dogs were outside and she came outside and started yelling at her dog, this would never happen, by the way. I've seen her with her dogs for years. Um, it would never happen. She's just yelling at the dog, just wah, wah, wah. And the dog's like, what the? And, it, and that wasn't enough. It was like, then she starts kicking the dog, right? She's just kicking the dog. You're like, something wells up in you right now, right? Like, I think I should say something. I think I should do something, right? Is it, is it like that? Like when an unborn baby is aborted. That feeling, and, oh, i got to do something. When someone's mistreated, sex trade, and i got to do something. That feeling is what I'm talking about. To take that feeling and squash it and do nothing with it is what hardening your heart is. That's what it is. When God gives you a nudge, when he says, it's time to act, it's time to do something about it, and you put it down, you're hardening your heart. You're hardening your heart. That won't last forever. Matter of fact, I'm going to implore you today, 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 make a decision. You don't know if you have tomorrow. I want to encourage you, whether you're a mom or a woman or a man or a child, today is the day of salvation. You can share Christ. You can share in Christ. You can be forgiven. You can live in confidence. I don't know of anything more encouraging than that in all of creation. That is the most encouraging thing. Jesus, my greatest encouragement. It's good news, hey? It's good news. Hey, let's pray. God, oh, that you would encourage your people today.
that they would get it, that they would see it, that they would get the good news of the gospel, that they would see your love for them, that they would see what unbelief leads to and what faith, <laughs> what the result of faith is for the first time or again. Please, Lord, encourage your people. Holy Spirit, run through every aisle. There are people in this place who are broken now, who you've just opened their eyes and they see it now again or for the first time. Help them to have the courage to act, that they won't harden their heart, that they won't suppress it, but that they will do something about it today. God, I pray that the blood of Jesus would reside in this place and that your glory would abound in this place. God, please, turn our eyes towards you. Give us faith to believe your word and what you say. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.